Welcome to the Recruitment Roundup with Toby and Nadia of Harrington Star. This is our one podcast a week where we talk about us and our passion for great recruitment. Five days a week, we shine a light on the individuals making waves in the world of fintech. And on a Sunday, we bring you the Recruitment Roundup. This week, as promised, we are talking about interdependency. So we often speak about the strength of collaboration, the power behind community and the enormity of networks. And actually what's key around these concepts is how we use these concepts to add value and drive benefit to the industry. Now, last week, Toby concluded um, our discussion by speaking about interdependency within our business and that leading um, to some of our record-breaking results, interdependency had allowed for us to do much better as a business. And we ended up breaking records to the extent that we found the most ever people in one month, new career opportunities, which we are super duper proud of. Now, we promote the awareness of independent, interdependency within our business. And I personally work really hard to ensure that we're attributing credit to the right people. And we love to speak about individual contributions that affect the whole. And it's an incredibly important subject, I believe, um, and important to the success of businesses and the overall success of the industry from a macro perspective. So before I go any further, Toby, I know this is something that you celebrated in our monthly meeting and something that you talk about a lot and that you really drive forward within our business, but see it as a much bigger piece as well. Can you tell us a bit about your thoughts around interdependency? Yeah, absolutely. So, so look, this, this is something which I think extends way beyond our business and some of the, the best companies that we work with uh, absolutely understand that sort of power of collaboration. And it's not even just internally. Uh, one of the things that I know you and I have both been speaking about to, to guests on, on, on FinTech Focus TV have been the, uh, the, the sort of the rise and rise of collaboration in the industry. And that's you know, where we see companies coming together to provide uh, you know, solutions that solve problems in the industry that aren't just their business, but how they can partner with it. And I think that's sort of uh, the rise of, of collaboration has been a real feature of the last uh, two years in, in particular in the industry, which is great to see. But in companies, I think it's, it's critically important. There's, uh, it takes me back to, uh, you know, to a quote that I, I read, which talks about, would you rather have a, a star team or a team of stars? Now, a team of stars is that sort of Galacticos uh, scenario where you've got the best players uh, in the world all playing together, superstars in each, in each thing, but it's not necessarily a recipe for success. You know, those star players can all be playing for the name on, on the uh, back of the shirt as opposed to the name on the front of the shirt to use sporting parlance for it. And I think you know, when you've got that sort of scenario in a business and self-interested individuals who are just, and I've been there, self-individuals who are solely concerned about their well-being and how well they're doing and their adoration and uh, constantly sort of stealing credit and being magpies for credit, et cetera, et cetera. You're creating problems for yourself that, that, that aren't easy to solve within the business. And it's very, very difficult to build a foundation from that and to build a culture of, of, of high-performing and elite levels. And I think the companies who, who I've seen and the teams that I've seen aren't necessarily you know, the, the very you know, full of individuals who are, who are seen as the very best in the world in their one particular spot. They're all very, very good people, but they've got that magic skill, which is the, the skill to uh, elevate others and to play well within, within a team. And when I look at my favourite teams in, in sport and my favourite sporting you know, characters, as for, for example, 
those people are generally ones who aren't just necessarily the very, very best at what they do, but the ones who elevate others around them. When I look at businesses and people I've worked with, it's those people, again, who are able to elevate others and to, uh, you know, to, to, to bring more to the team than just their personal glory and their personal story. And I think it's really important. And one of the things I've been really, really encouraged by is those companies who are looking at the dynamics of the team when they're hiring. They're looking at how they can bring people in to support other people within the team, how that fit works within it. So you haven't got a, a team of stars. You've got a team of really, really good A players who are able to gel and work with each other and push each other up to the, uh, a higher level. And that collective, um, that esprit de corps, which is one of our core values, I think is a fundamental building block to long-term sustainability and long-term success of businesses. It's great to hear you talk about that because, you know, straight away in my mind, I think about Moneyball and I think about like, one of my favourite films uh, called Miracle with Kurt Russell. I know you've seen it. It's one of the, uh, the Disney greats. And it's when Kurt Russell plays um, a coach called Herb Brooks, which was, which was a USA coach for the 1980 uh, USA Olympic hockey team. And in, in 1980, the Russian team was the one to beat. They were seen as invincible. And there's a beautiful moment in that film where the players realise that they are not a group of individual all-stars looking for glory for themselves, but actually they're looking for glory for everybody as a team and they need to set each other up and they need to raise each other up. And I think that's just such an important link to what, what we talk about in terms of building great teams. And it's not even just the, the, uh, you know, the, the team itself. So if you look at that, there was a you know, miracle in, in, and you look at it and it's sort of, I guess, far reaching purpose. There's a whole thing there about doing it for America, the wider purpose and cold war and everything that was involved in that as well. Yeah. Uh, the biggest things of the drive of South African rugby over the last couple of years has been about you know unifying, uniting the the Rainbow Nation and all that that sort of thing, which has mm. been really. When you looked at England's drive to you know, the 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 Euro final, a lot of the rhetoric that Gareth Southgate was talking about was again um, there about you know giving the company giving the country something to cheer about after a really difficult sort of uh, period. So. I think you know when you when you're looking at interdependency and you're looking at that sort of team culture and and people locking into playing, you know, for each other. It's also playing for something bigger than that as well. And those companies that can sort of combine purpose with uh, with team culture, I think, is a it's a it's a really compelling narrative to make uh, performance increase in in, in a business. Mm. And and I love how you've how you've um, connected that to mission, values, purpose of a business because we do need to be thinking about that bigger picture as well um, and look from an inclusion point of view this mindset is pinnacle because it moves us away from the need to for one person to have all the answers for that one person to live through that one experience and to do things the way they've always been done you know for, from an inclusion point of view it's about breaking up tradition challenging the status quo and being radical in thinking and therefore methods so with the podcasts that um, I recorded this week, both of them have done this in, in different ways. Um, and they've both spoken about this connection of the idea of diversity of thought and people working well with one, one another, leading to groundbreaking successes. So I've got to mention Sophie Gerber, the CEO of Traction. So um, Traction is all about uh, reporting transactions um, and making, making sure that reporting transactions are easier across all asset classes. So they provide regulatory trade reporting solutions worldwide. Based in Sydney, but they have recently built a great office and a great, a great level of clientele here in Europe. 
And when she was talking about her European growth, she was talking about the team being able to raise one another up, the team's collaboration, the team's resilience, being able to talk about the customer, being able to talk about who they need to reach out to, being able to talk about their network. And the way that she describes how they did that and the challenges that they faced very much interlinked with what we're saying with regards to collaboration, lifting one another, one another up, listening to a different point of view to be able to build that business. Another pod that I, that I recorded this week was with uh, Dr. Tom Tomkin, CEO and founder of the Conservatory Group. So they are a SaaS-driven solution that makes DE&I high-tech and easy to understand for any organization. He's, he's really, really huge in the state and is moving over here to Europe and, and the UK to try and drive that solution further forward. And one of the key quotes from that podcast was that he said, strength comes from our differences, not our sameness. As he was talking through that, he was saying how we ensure that we, we become interdependent. And it, it takes me all the way back to what we said at the start here. Traditionally, we've been looking to build teams. We, the industry, have been looking to build teams of all stars. So we look for the A players that can do everything. And actually, us, right now in this conversation, we're trying to get people to take a step back and look at how you can build a great team of people that are all different so that they can work with one another and raise each other up. So... You know, the ability to question what's the best way to handle a problem, when we ask ourselves that, you want as many different voices and opinions and perspectives in the room to be able to get to the best solution. So for me, that's what interdependency is all about. It means that we can break down old perceptions of strength, of, you know, being the lone figure winning, but instead, you know, learn that strength comes in lots of different forms and that winning comes in lots of different forms. And together, using a variety of different types of strengths, we can build a superpower, whether that be the USA winning the ice hockey, you know, whether, whether it being um, Pele back in the 60s and you know what what was happening with with football in brazil then i watched that that film recently and that was absolutely inspiring love it and i will i will 100 have to watch that again this weekend but you know it, inclusion allows for that diversity of perspective allows for that and and i think that historically we've used the word interdependency separate to collaboration because collaboration's often been seen as a a soft skill that that won't necessarily get you to the business revenue generating results that we're after it a hundred percent does and i think that um you know us talking about interdependency and collaboration today should be food for thought for people listening absolutely i think when we look at that and and it sort of links quite nicely over to the financial technologists and this week we're announcing the next set of awards that we're doing in, in the next magazine which will be the top one percent workplace and this is a veering away from the ultimate fintech workplace awards that we've run recently to, to bring in a number of awards really focusing in on some of the areas that people are looking at and when you you find those interdependent companies you're generally turning companies that are, that are great places to work and and, and thriving within it so uh, to, to to sort of uh, move on to to that and look at some of the categories we're looking at we are reaching out to a number of different companies who have been been identified as the top one percent in the industry we then have a judging panel who are looking at uh, shortlisting those particular companies, but then also allowing people to have short interviews to discuss why their businesses are the best in, in uh, these categories. That includes the best workplace for technologists, the best workplace for sales professionals, the best workplace for change and transformation, the best startup to work for, the best DE&I campaign, the most innovative DE&I committee, the DE&I champion of the year, uh, the best employee onboarding experience, the best employer brand, the 2021 wellness champion, the best uh, recruitment team, the best learning and development program, 
the best workplace culture, the most innovative comp and bends program, and the best leadership team to work for. Now, if you look at those and and uh, and put them together into a melting pot, I think it's going to be fascinating because we're going to be seeing giving these uh, these companies the opportunity to also write and be on the podcast and be on the show, and talk about you know their their commitment to making a great workplace. And I think this is always just one of the great things to to be able to to look at to to work through, and to understand uh, what these companies are doing. For me, it's like an MBA every single year when we do this sort of stuff to to really find out all the information we can about what makes you know, the good great. Um, so I'm very, very excited to do that. If you are working for a company and listening to this that you think is a great workplace that does any of those areas particularly well, over the next couple of weeks, we are refining and, and defining the list. So please don't hesitate to get in touch with us and say why your employer should be involved. We'll then reach out to them and be able to, to get them in the process and, uh, and then pass it over to the judges to decide who actually is the top 1% of workplaces in financial technology. So if you're proud of where you work, you think they're doing something right, or you run a company where you're puffing your chest out and thinking, do you know what, we're a, we're a great place within financial technology. We want to celebrate the very best places to work in the industry, the top 1% of the industry. The listing will be there, and we'll have a number of different companies who are getting these things right. But I'm really excited to bring in a, a whole host of awards uh, for companies there who are, who are pioneering and groundbreaking and help other companies in the set to learn from it. Our view on this and why we do the podcast, why we do the magazine, why we do the uh, YouTube shows, it's all, always been about making sure we, we uh, have a positive impact on, on the sector and allow people to learn and be better. And I think this is a really, really exciting way of, of helping shine a light on the, the good stuff that does happen in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's, um, there's lots to be celebrated right now. Like we know that we, we're coming through a really, really challenging time. And I'm really excited about the, the stories that we're going to hear, the, the methodologies that people will be sharing. Because, you know, one thing that we love doing is formulating this blueprint for others to get better and build more successful businesses and, and change the, the demographic of their teams to be stronger. So I'm really looking forward to that. Also, there's a few other bits and pieces that's happening at the moment, Toby. So uh, yesterday I recorded um, a podcast where I wasn't hosting. I was getting, uh, getting interviewed with uh, the Recruitment Network and the James, the great James Osborne. Um, we had a brilliant conversation about return to work, um, women in recruitment, which I don't often talk about. I normally talk about women within fintech. It was quite a nice, nice spin on on everything and just talking about my experience within the industry it was wonderful for me just to um, remember our early days of Harrington Star and talk about how we built the business and, and what was our early our early uh, mission and actually how that early mission is is very much um, defining for us now in terms of who we are and 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 why and why we we built the business the way that we have that's definitely one to to look out for also this week um my book cover is being finalized um i'm excited which is which is exciting so Mm -hmm. as everyone knows it's um fintech women walk the talk is the is the main headline so i'm I'm really excited about about yeah the the image of people walking on the book um but also there's there's a huge image of a a moving of the needle because essentially this book is everything that i've just said that is our mission it's about providing a blueprint of how uh, industries across the world can become more inclusive because I truly believe that fintech has the potential to pave the way there. And in this book, there are 118 experts 
that I have uh, interviewed in my podcast, that I have quoted in this book, and it's all their thoughts. So, you know, I, I love that phrase of it feels like we've done an MBA because we've learned so much. I mean, how many MBAs have we done by speaking to the, the wonderful people within, within this industry and within this community and learning, you know, all their lessons and, and giving, giving pedestals to those lessons? So I'm really excited about that. I also finalized my three endorsements for the book as well. Um, the great Rama Jarvis um, of uh, Deliveroo, she is a powerhouse and she is their head of, uh, head of engineering. Uh, she's worked within the financial services space for years before moving to Deliveroo. Um, and she's written a wonderful endorsement of the book, as has Kate Bond, um, who is uh, everyone, I'm sure everyone knows Kate Bond. She's one of the, the most well-known uh, women within uh, the financial services technology space, having won the financial banking, uh, women in banking, Banking Awards of 2020. And finally, one of your uh, well-known contacts, Toby, Simon Schofield, Dr. Simon Schofield, who now works at Columbia Threadneedle Investments as their COO. And he too has written a wonderful endorsement. So I am super excited about where I am with the book. Um, it's supposed to be published Jan, Feb next year. So I'm thinking about the launch party and how I can make it utterly unique and loads of fun to get people who truly believe in inclusion together to talk about how we can drive it further forward. So exciting time. Very amazing to see that whole thing. I'll tell you something else that was amazing. Just as you said, Deliveroo, that little beep that came in because I can't get my headphones working today that you'll have heard on the audio was uh, a message from Deliveroo just at the exact same second you said Deliveroo. It popped up in the top of my wow. screen. Where my eating habits are going these days. But uh, that's by the by. I think, uh, I think it's just incredible to see that whole thing go from, from idea through to you know to, to reality now and, and to, to see that book cover come through and to recognize that you're going to be a uh, a published author on a subject that you're so passionate about and done such a, a uh, you know great job on over the last few years i think is um is just wonderful to see so yeah i'll be looking forward to that party if i'm allowed to come along not too embarrassing for you <laughs> of course i can't wait to have you there you can be on one of the booths talking about how you build great teams <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's it's tremendously exciting. Loads of good stuff coming you know, coming through. There's loads of good campaigns we're doing and new ideas we're putting into place to keep on uh, adding as much value as we possibly can into the marketplace at the moment. Anything else that's that's going on right now? Um, I think really my big call to action is is what we're doing for our, our new magazine. We're going to be reaching out to so many people in the marketplace to to really elevate and promote the wonderful things that people are doing to build to build great teams. And just to reiterate what you said, the big change of our magazine this year is that we're not describing the way to build the best team across the whole of the fintech or financial services technology space. This time we are breaking it down because we 100% recognize the fact that Teams are different. People are different within teams. Different people want different things and will define the best, the best team in different ways. And we really want to recognize that. So if we haven't reached out to you, please reach out to us because this is about gathering as much information as possible so this can be truly authentic and unique. Absolutely right. Just a couple of bits and pieces uh, for, for, for me to finish off on, if that's all right, is echo all of that about the magazine. Really excited to put that together. Market, I, I was reading something in the paper on the way in this morning about you know, REC and, and the, the, the skill shortage uh, that's existing across the UK at the moment um, and how it is unlikely to change and just be a short-term thing. And it got me thinking a lot about this, about the importance of really turbocharging candidate attraction 
there's going to be some really interesting things and exciting things that we're going to do as a business with regards to talent communities and making sure we're adding as much value to it. nurturing talent you know, from, from early stages through to interest through to through to being ready and being there and being known for when uh, people are ready to move in their careers this isn't a short-term thing this is a long-term thing and i think more companies who are thinking long-term at the moment not about their hiring needs today, of which there's plenty, but also about how they're going to make sure they build pipelines, talent pools and relationships that allows that to happen long term. I think that's a really important thing to consider. The other things away from you know, recruitment in the industry and and, uh, and fintech, but something which I also read on the train this morning, which just got me thinking, which is about, and this may age poorly because I don't know if she'll still be in it by the time uh, this, this airs, but Emma Raducanu's uh, march through the US Open in the tennis, 18 years old. Um, has got me thinking about two things from reading some of the reports about it. Number one was the with a Romanian uh, father and Chinese mother, that, and she she talks about the, and her, them not being with her. She's only eighteen years old, which I think we forget, out there in uh, the US at the moment, and not be, that with travel restrict restrictions, them not being able to be out there for something that is really daunting for her to be in, particularly after Wimbledon, where she. Uh, you know, in, in the last 16, had to retire due to breathing difficulties and, and the sort of panic and stress that sort of came in from that. And I think, you know, for her to do that and recognise that the, the message from her parents was to recognise the privilege and the opportunity and, and to be positive and to play positively and enjoy it, enjoy the moment, enjoy the experience of what she's doing. Just made me think about something there, you know, more ph- philosophical than that, just about life in, um, with kids going back to school this week, my kids going back to school uh, recently, I think it's a really important message just to sort of for people to look out the right window of opportunity and choose their attitude to, to what's happening. And I, and I love the fact that she's a great embodiment and a great role model of someone who's chosen an attitude and very, very clearly just loving what they do. Now, that talks about um, you know, someone doing having a vocation as opposed to a job, which is something which I'm, I'm tremendously passionate about at the same time. I don't want people to be talking about hump days and Fridays and, and, oh my God, it's Monday. And I think what you see from that is someone who's delighted in their job, who's doing it to the extreme of their ability because of the attitude which they take to it. So if you're sat there and, and listening to this on a Sunday and thinking about Monday you know, coming your way like a steam train, I think you've got the opportunity to recalibrate that and to think about how you're approaching things and to think with joy about how you make the most out of this week and how you, you, you change your attitude to it recognize the opportunity you've got in there and uh, and thoroughly enjoy yourself it's just something that really motivated me this morning and i thought i'd share it today yeah that's great to hear toby and i think i'm really pleased that you brought you brought that up because i love that concept of, of choosing a more positive mindset and you showed me a picture which i love this week of the the man sitting well there's two men sitting on a sitting on a coach uh, one is looking outside of the, of the window to the left which um, depicts all darkness and gloom and a horrible mountainside, I think. And the other one sitting on the right, looking out and seeing a wonderful, beautiful vista. And, you know, the quote is something like, uh, you choose which way to look. I definitely think we should be posting that alongside this podcast. In fact, you should post that today so that people know exactly what we're talking yeah, about. I mean, for ages, but I didn't want to be too LinkedIn cliche, but I'll, I'll get over myself on that. And uh, yeah. every time it comes up, I, I love it. And it's, it, yeah, the quote is every single day you make a choice and that's you know as I said to my daughter it's you, you can choose to look at the left window of the bus or the right window of the bus it's your choice uh, yeah it's lovely to see her doing that I hope she you know, irrespective of whether she wins the semi-final and gets to the final and does whatever she does you know this is something which I just think is magical to watch and, and that fearlessness and attitude and, and love of what you're doing is just something which I think is, is epitomised what work should be about for people 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nadia, it is a pleasure as always. We better let everyone get on with their, their Sundays, Mondays, whenever they're listening to this. It has been a pleasure as always talking to you. To everyone who's listened, we hope you've had value from it. Uh, as always, please, please do keep your ideas coming for what you want us to be talking about, what would add value, what would help. And as always, we ask for one thing, which is just say if you could rank, review, put wherever you get your podcast from a rating that helps us uh, move that further forward. We just want to spread this as far and wide as possible. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm really flattered that every week the numbers continue to move further forward and we, we uh, the podcast spreads further and wider. So tell your friends, tell someone who you don't know, uh, pass it on, tweet about it, put a message out on LinkedIn. Uh, whatever you do, we'd be, we'd be hugely grateful, both Nadia and myself. But we love, uh, we love doing it and uh, we hope this, this continued buddy coming into it. So from Nadia and I, it is a thank you and goodbye and we will see you very, very soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you.